Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 66. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen, the Zach Ertz to my Nick Foles, Mr. Jason Solanez. I don't know what you're saying right there, but anyways, I found websites that will translate any sentence to Shakespearean English. Elizabeth wishes to square, raiseth thy fist for hurly-burly wench. That's, that's Shakespeare's doing, not mine. That's not going over well. That's not going over well. She's just making a face. If you're craving even more Cigar City Radio, and I'm sure you are, just like Jason is, Jason's oh, always got craving these cravings. Some oh, cigar oh, he's City craving Radio. some something, right? Yeah, I give can me tell some you that. Cigar City Radio in my ear orifice. If you want more, you can find all our episodes on iTunes slash Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on Stitcher, basically on every major podcasting platform. Just search Cigar City Radio. You'll probably find us. You can also find us, of course, direct at our website, CigarCityRadio.com, or you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Cigar City Radio. I can't wait for my Cigar City Radio thirst to be quenched. Oh, we'll quench some thirst. That's... That's happening. That's what we do. That's all we do is quench thirst. Our guest on this episode is G Love, the front man for the band G Love and the Special Sauce. He is a native of Philadelphia, and we talked to him a few days after the Philadelphia Eagles had won the Super Bowl. So he was in good spirits. Um, this is also a unique episode for us because it's the first time we've actually done a phone interview on the show rather than having. Uh, the artists come in and, and talk to us directly. Obviously, we would have loved to have sat down with G Love for an extended period, uh, but because of the Super Bowl and his travel plans and everything else that he has going on, it just wasn't possible. Um, but we still wanted to talk to him, and we all you know love and admire his music, so we wanted to bring you the interview, regardless of whether we could physically be in the same room as him. So this is our first ever phone interview. Uh, I actually thought it'd be a little awkward because talking on the phone can be awkward at times. But uh, G Love is such a cool guy that it really wasn't awkward at all. I thought we, you know, we could have probably talked to him for a while longer. We actually could have talked to him for a while longer because, as you'll hear towards the end of the episode, I, I don't know if he lost service or his phone died or something. But uh, that's the, kind of the issue with the phone. You know, we lost uh, we lost him right towards the end. It was getting good, but. We tried to call him back, uh, was unable to. He eventually did call us back, um, but by the time he did, we had left the studio and we were kind of wrapped up for the day. So uh, hopefully we'll work out the kinks for future phone interviews. If, it, if it's something you guys like, let us know on Twitter or Facebook if you want to hear more phone interviews or you know if you want us to stick with getting people in the room and locking them in with us and not ever letting them leave, which is obviously what we prefer. So here it is. Episode 66. What do I call you? Do I call you Garrett? Do I call you G Love? How does this work? Either one. <laughs> Either one. I'll just I'll just go with G Love. I'll just go with G Love. So, all right. So we are recording. We're we're in Tampa right now. Where um, where are you calling from, or where are we talking to you from? I'm 
I'm in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. So not too far. Playing tomorrow night uh, at Janus Landing uh, here in, or Janus Live here in, uh, in the area. Looking forward to that show, part of the Glass 25 tour. That's pretty, that's awesome. So 25 years of G-Love. How did, how did that happen? Shoot, I don't know, man, but it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, we're pretty stoked. Uh, you know, um, it's just a testament to the fans out there and uh, all the support and love we got, in, you know, coast to coast and around the world to keep this thing going and, uh, you know, keep bringing our music out every night and make, make people happy and inspired, you know? Yeah, that's great. That's great. I should back up a minute, though, because the real story here is uh, a few days ago, a certain team won the Super Bowl. Um, and I know you're fr- I know you're from Philly. Uh, j- just one look at your Instagram. I know you're a big Eagles fan. So how stoked are you right now that the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl? Oh, man, I'm so stoked, man. Like uh, I've just been in the gym watching the uh, parade all day. Uh, Philadelphia, like three million people, you know, are marching in the streets in Philly. And uh, a lot of players gave real, uh, you know, inspired, like, uh, you know, talks from the podium there at uh, the Arts. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, man, you know, as, as a born and raised in Philly and such a long-term, long-time fan my whole life, you know, my father and I. And uh, it's funny because now I live in Boston. I have, I've had to like, you know, like I'm, I'm still a hardcore Philadelphia sports fan. And so I'm always living up, living up there, watching all the success that, that their teams have had over the years. And, yeah, it just feels so sweet to get a taste of it in Philadelphia and just to see everybody in, in Philly just so, so pumped up. It's, it's just great for the city. It's great for it's great for the NFL um and you know i like it really does the the team was underdogs and Mm -hmm. um it just it's so much the spirit of the city you know everybody has adopted the mythological uh character rocky is like the you know the the kind of um the person that characterizes the fighting spirit of philly and you know we felt that a lot like in our music you know like always that everything's always kind of been stacked against us but uh yeah we we felt like underdogs our career so i certainly can relate and um yeah it's just a a, a wonderful moment for us so i I think it's going to be the start of a new era you know it's just wonderful man i just i just can't tell you how how excited i am so did you go back to philly to to watch this game like did you take part in any of the did you climb up any street lights i guess is what i'm asking I was, uh, actually, I was in Philadelphia. Well, it's funny because, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I played, uh, Boston on Friday night. Uh-huh. And then we played Philadelphia on Saturday night, the night before the Super Bowl. We started our set with the Fly Eagles Fly Fight song. And it was a crazy night in Philly. And then actually, I woke up on, uh, Sunday and flew home to Boston. To uh, you know, be with my family and watch the game up there. So we had a little Super Bowl family gathering at my my house, and uh, yeah, we were just freaking out. But it was just I can't even. It was amazing. That's that's awesome, man. It's there's nothing like your team 
winning winning a championship and winning a Super Bowl like that, and especially for Eagles fans that have been suffering for so long through you know the Chip Kelly regime and everything. It's like finally, you know, yeah, finally a victory. So, but that that's cool that you know you 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 seem to have a really great relationship with your family, and I know that you're um, you have a, a young son, right? That. Uh, um, you know, so, so what's it like to kind of balance, you know, being a father with being on the road and, you know, all the, the tour dates that you do? Yeah, well, I have a 16 year old and a one year old. And, uh, so it's been a trip having a little baby again. And it's, it's great. I mean, you know, being a father, uh, is like the greatest gift that, that you can ask for in life. And, uh, yeah, it is it is a balance like, you know, for my older son and now for my younger son, you know, like I'm all I'll be away for I try not to be away for more than a couple of weeks at a time without seeing either of my boys. But uh yeah, you know, it it, it is a it's, that's the that's that's the uh tough part about having a dream job as a um as a professional musician, just the time away from Oh, I mean, it's tough on the relationships. It's tough on the family. I think for the kids, like they understand it. Yeah, um, that's what dad does. And uh, you know, I, there's and your old your older son plays drums, right? Like he's a drummer himself. The, the other side of it is when I'm home. You know, like um, when I'm I'm on the road for a month or whatever. But when I'm home, you know, I'm off. I'm only off for a couple of weeks, so I, I do have a lot of downtime and good quality time and uh, family time. So. uh you know, it is what it is, but yeah, it's a balancing act for sure. That's that's really cool to hear you say that too, because I feel like you, especially, um, you compared to a lot of musicians, you do a lot of different projects and different collaborations, and you're always. It seems like you're always working on something. So to hear you say that you're you have downtime, like, I, how do you how do you even find the time to to have downtime? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's it's uh, you know. You know, people ask, what do you do when you're not playing music? Well, I'm usually playing music or I'm surfing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, like I, I definitely try to, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, the success of the band is the work ethic that we have and uh, the ability to really want to get out there and, you know, connect with people every night and, and bring that love Um so, you know, again, it's just, uh, but, but you gotta, you, you gotta rest. You, know, you have to take your rest and kind of rejuvenate and take those times at home when you can be creative in a different way, uh, in a more like subtle way and alone, alone. Cause the music's funny. Cause like a lot of it is, is a, is a time when you're in front of a lot of people or you're with, uh, a unit of people making music on stage, but then there's a lot of it has to be done in solitude to really be able to write effectively and come up with new and inspired material. So, you know, you, again, it's, it's the, oh. uh, you know, getting out there and giving it up and going home and recharging. Yeah. I, that's, I guess, I guess that's kind of the way of, of, of every job, you know, that's, that's kind of the way to do it. Right. is you gotta, you gotta find that, got to find the yin the yin to that yang you know so um so so i'm curious how uh you know a kid from philly uh got so into surfing uh, yeah well you know the jersey shore is like uh, an hour away from philadelphia sure yeah, yeah so are there good is there good surfing on the jersey shore that's not i've never heard that 
it's uh you know it's east coast but you know just like florida you know we get good waves uh and it's not as consistent as the west coast but you know actually you know the east coast produces some of the great surfers obviously kelly slater and um yeah you know there's I always do think about East Coast surfers. They're some of the best surfers because they, they know how to surf on really crappy waves, and then they can take that and uh, surf on some of the best waves in the world, too. So oh, That's a good point. Just through hanging out with um, – I mean, I've surfed my whole life, but uh, definitely since uh, making a connection with Jack Johnson in the late 90s uh, and getting to meet all his friends, Kelly and, you know, all the top pros um, – you know, I've gotten to surf and with some of the best surfers in the world and get pointers from them and surf in some of the some of the most amazing waves in the world. So I'm still a cook, but uh <laughs> yeah. I keep good company in the water. <laughs> no, that sounds like great company. I mean, going surfing with Jack Johnson and Kelly Slater, like that sounds it sounds like quite the time. Yeah, it, it, there's been some some pretty cool moments like one time uh actually it was a pretty special day like i was in on tour in australia and i had it with jack actually it had a day off for the big show in melbourne so i ran a car drove out to turkey and and kelly and i went and surfed just the two of us like surfing alone on this one break and uh i actually broke my board and then i actually used one of his boards that he was going to use the next day in the Rip Curl Pro, which he won at Bell's Beach. So it was pretty cool. I'll never forget. It was a, a, a break called Winky Pop. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of times like that where I just have, you know, take myself just, especially with Kelly, because, you know, he, you know, growing up, we're the same exact age. So I grew up, you know, looking at him since he was, you know, nine years old in the surfing magazines and, um, and uh, it's 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 great to, to become friends with these guys, and they're great with the guys, and just tremendous athletes. I mean, you forget it when you're hanging out, but then, God, you see what these guys pulling off, and then the kind of life and death situations they put themselves into. Like, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it kind of it kind of hits you later, like that. You know, after you after you realize like exactly what they're doing. You know, it's pretty it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, so, so back to Jack Johnson for a second. Um, wh- when did you meet Jack Johnson, and when did like your collaboration start? Because I know like you're 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 part of his Brush Fire Records, and you've released a lot of albums through that. So you know, it sounds like like Jack's been like a big part of of what you've been doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I met Jack in '98 when we were doing our Philadelphonic record, and he was just a kid with a guitar. He was buddies with a buddy of mine from New Jersey, a surfer friend. And uh, we went off for a surf, and then we traded songs, and uh, he gave me his demo. And two days later, we were in the studio uh, cutting one of his songs called Radio Clowns, which ended up being the single on our fourth record, which he later re recorded for his second record, On and On, and, or yeah, On and On. And um, yeah, man, like, you know, he's the same guy that he always was, just a nicest guy and incredibly creative person and uh and obviously he's going on to have huge success and and uh you know everything that we did to help him out when he first started he's repaid us a thousand times and uh the last record i put out on brush fire records was uh my latest was coming g love coming home for christmas which was uh released this past November, my Christmas record that came out on Brush Fire. So, you know, we continue to 
every time we see each other, it's the same thing. We jam, and if there's waves, we go surfing, you know. But it's it's still all about that music and surfing, and um, yeah, it, it's a great family at Brush Fire Records. So it, it's been a lot of fun to be to be involved with these guys, and you know, also I'm proud too because you know a lot of musicians talk about you know saving the world and all these positive things with their music, which is amazing, and Jack does too but he also has raised you know i don't know exact number but probably 50 million dollars he's put you know into projects for the environment around the world so uh it's it's amazing to to be a part of that yeah i think that that's something that people don't really know that that much about jack johnson is all of his uh you know charitable efforts that's that's really cool um, yeah like he'll go on tour and, and donate every cent of the profit for the whole tour to uh, to different causes around the world. I mean, there's not too many people that uh, that are such huge philanthropists. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's just a testament to him and his family. Well, especially since you know these days it's it's tougher and tougher to to make money in music. You know, so to see somebody doing that is is great. You know, that's that's commendable. Um, I had actually heard a story about um, Jack Johnson that he had said that. Um, you know, for a while, part of his songwriting, he was trying to like squeeze in so many words before taking a breath, like trying to see. And I heard that he got that from from you. Is that is that true? <laughs> I mean, pro- I mean, that's I mean, it sounds about right. I mean, he, you know, he uh, it's interesting because, you know, my flow was my own take on, you know, rapping. And I know he was influenced by me and also Bob Dylan and other and then also hip hop, too. So, um I think that that I I remember like someone that didn't know that I, we were friends and stuff when he blew up. Be like, you gotta hear this guy Jack Johnson, and he played for me his car, and I talked like I didn't know who it was. He's like, dude, this guy's flowing. He doesn't even know it. So yeah, Jack's actually in a lot of his rapping. I mean, he's flowing. Do you, do you ever hang out with some with some rappers? Like I know you've done a couple collabs in the in the past, but like do you do you ever just bust out rhymes and start spitting? Is that a thing that you do, or you, you're you've settled in? No, that's that's where it all comes from, and uh, for sure, especially early in the day, we uh, toured with a lot of rappers, everybody from Tribe Called Quest to Gangstar, and you know did shows with everybody from Run DMC to KRS One and Cypress Hill and. A lot of people that I, as far as I, a lot of people that I grew up, a lot of MCs that I grew up really, uh, you know, idolizing and stuff. Like later, I was able to share the stage with them and uh, get to get to get to get to know them, and they all been really supportive. But yeah, like, but, but, like you know, you know, growing up, um, you know, my generation was kind of the first generation of kids probably to come up on hip hop as their first passion and. So yeah, you know, when we were in high school, that was the way to do it. So shout out, you know, you always have a couple of buddies that like to rap, so you freestyle and you know get the cipher going, and and that's kind of the spirit of a lot of the you know MCing that I do comes from just you know hanging out. You know, then uh, I, I took that freestyle thing and wrote a lot. So I always tell people that are just freestyle freestyle like you write you know write it you know because you gotta uh it's great to be able to freestyle but also take that capability and uh and do some writing and really try to put together a song and tell a story i think that's like when you're making a song you really try to tell a story 
or paint a picture of some type of circumstance. Yeah, that that makes sense, especially in hip hop. I feel like hip hop's all about the narrative and you know it, who. That's why that's why you don't see covers a lot in hip hop. You know, because it's hard to cover a song that is supposed to be you know your kind of personal narrative or something. You know, um, that's that's my theory at least. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you're going to be here in, in our area tomorrow night for this show at Janice live and bring actually on most of the tour. I think you have, um, the Reese brothers, right? They're, um, they're actually a local, a local group from, from the Clearwater area for the listeners who haven't heard them. They're, you know, two, are they actually brothers? I think, or is it like a white stripes thing? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, what brought you to, to bring them on tour? Uh, we kind of know them through this extended Slightly Stupid family. And um, so, you know, they're kind of a great duo. Uh, they do some looping, and they're both multi-instrumentalists. And they're great kids, man. Um, they got a great sound. So uh, it's, we've had them on the whole tour, and, and uh, I think our crowd's uh, really been loving them. Like, one thing we do try to do is to uh kind of cultivate um younger up-and-coming artists uh with our tour with our records and you know we like you know jack johnson is one of those people slightly stupid were some of those people and there's a long list of people that uh you've kind of helped to cultivate and it's something that um we're, we're thankful to get the opportunity to see some of these guys on the rise so yeah we're just really looking forward to getting out of janice Actually, I was thinking about that. Like the first time we came through Janice Live, formerly Janice Landing, was um, in '94. We we opened up for the Violent Femmes there. You know, really? That's how we were just kids, and that was the first time we played there. So we've been playing, you know, that this is 24 years we've been playing Janice uh, Live, and it, it's a really special venue to us because it's a great venue. Like. Um, you know, we play a lot of clubs, and Janice is cool because it, it's technically a club, but it's actually, because it's outside and holds a big crowd, it always feels like a really big show. It is a big show. Yeah, it's like it's like a mini festival, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and the St. Pete's and, and Tampa, uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay area, the people there have just always been... Uh, we just always had great crowds and just a, it's just a good good show you know so well we love to party here in in the Tampa Bay area anyways uh well we're we're about out of time but i just wanted to ask you know what's what's next for G Love and and the special sauce like where you know i know you haven't released an album in a little while is there is there some new stuff coming what what's going on um yeah well we uh, our last record was well, a christmas record came out this november and uh, the last major release since then was Love Saves the Day, mm-hmm. which is now a couple of years old. So, yeah, right now we're getting ready to, uh, I'll probably do a bunch of writing in the break between our East Coast run here and the West Coast run in February. And then um, this spring I'll continue to write and uh, I'll make a record this year, which will come out early 2019. So I really want to do right now is... Uh, is go for a blues Grammy. Uh, so I kind of kind of um, make a, a a really uh, down and dirty blues record because um, that's kind of my root as as a blues player. So um, I'm really interested in 
if you look at the last couple records like Sugar and Love Sticks, they really let a lot more of the blues mm-hmm. out of the bag. So uh, I think um, I think that type of thing, like a real good front porch blues record, and, and definitely try to make make our make the blues like you know make the songs uh, something you can sing along with. And you know, I think with every record, you're just really trying to you know, push yourself creatively and also give people songs that they can um, connect with and relate to um, that are real, that, that are from, you know, your life and, and, the, and the things we see around um, that we're living in, you know, all of them. Yeah. Well, that sounds really dope. Like uh, the, the thought of you making, you know, uh, the call just ended. The call dropped. Do, do I call him back? Where does it say enabled? Oh no! Now it's going to voicemail. Oh, maybe that's what happened. Hold on. Yeah, his phone must have died because it's going straight to voicemail. Hey, G-Love, this is Randy from Cigar City Radio. Uh, I think we got disconnected. Sounds like maybe your phone died or something. Um, it, it sucks because I, I, I wanted to hear a little bit more about that blues album. Um, if you can call us back in the next few minutes, we're down to, to wrap this thing up. But if not, it was great talking to you. Um, and, you know, have a great show this week at Janice. He's not calling back. Havana, ooh-na-na. Half of mine own heart is in Havana, ooh-na-na, a-a. That gent tooketh me backeth to East Atlanta, na-na-na. Oh, but mine own heart is in Havana, a. There's something about his manners. Uh, I understand you not, Havana, ooh-na-na, uh. Poetic, yeah.